never argue with a miracle. Hey, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Gift is a dog. He could not have healed himself. <laughs> Amen. And uh, just imagine all the money that would go into taking gift, you know, into taking him to the vet regularly and all the time that's consumed. So praise the Lord. He is a miracle working God. Amen. Hallelujah. The message for this morning, I think I'm a bit too loud, too much echo. Fear not the deserts in your life. Fear not the deserts, the wilderness in your life. Today is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter is about victory. Easter is about victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Victory over every problem in your life, every difficult situation in your life. Victory over even the impossible, the indefeatable like death. And since death had been defeated, there is nothing, nothing else in your life that you cannot overcome in Christ Jesus. Amen. Remember how God answered Gideon. Gideon said, before I would go for you, you know, let this fleece be dry and everything around it be wet. And God did it. And then he said, well, before I would go for you, let this fleece be wet and everything around it be dry. And God did it. God worked with your faith. God worked with your faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. God works with your faith. What he did for Gideon, he will do for you. So let's go back to the word desert or translated as wilderness. Now I want you to look at Mark chapter 1 verse 12. Mark chapter 1 verse 12. Now we know that life is not easy. Jesus said in this world you will always have problems, troubles. And yet he said be of good cheer. So depression is not sent by God. God said, be joyful, be of good cheer. Why? Because he had overcome the world. He had overcome the world with all of his problems, including sickness and disease, including poverty and lack, including strife and quarrels, including confusion and ignorance. If you look at Mark chapter 1 verse 12, and immediately the spirit drives him into the wilderness. The word wilderness is also translated as desert. Please listen to me carefully. There will be deserts and wilderness in your life. There will be times when you feel that you are so dry. That you are so silly and so stupid. You are so defeated. There is nothing that you can do. It's like in this time, at this moment, in this place. I'm in the desert. I'm in the wilderness. And nothing grows here. It's like my life has come to its end. I don't know what to do. Your head is tormenting you. Your thoughts are tormenting you. Telling you that you must have been bad. That's why you are like this. You must have been bad. You must have been evil. That's why now you're totally defeated, hopeless, and rejected. I'm telling you, that's not the case. That's not the case. 
temporary defeats do not make a long-term failure. Temporary defeats do not make a long-term failure. As long as you don't quit, you don't fail. As long as you are still moving forward, you are advancing. Say to the person next to you, move forward. Move forward. Refuse to settle in the deserts. Refuse to settle in the wilderness. That's how you win all the way. God has made every man and every woman powerful. You know what is the crown? What is your crown? Your crown is your will. Your crown is your will. The devil tries hard to weaken your will. The devil tries hard to weaken your will so that you don't have a will, so that you say whatever, whatever, and you compromise and you get distracted and you just follow the crowd. No, no, no. Lay hold of your will. Can we say amen? Lay hold of the will of the Father for you. His will for your will, for his will is good. His will is good. He is your father. He is your father. He loves you unconditionally. Lift up your hands and receive that love. He is your father. Receive that love. Amen. Now go with me to Mark chapter 1 verse 10 to 13. Mark chapter 1 verse 10 to 13. When I read this chapter, I jumped for joy. Now read this with me. And straightway coming out of the water, referring to Jesus, coming out of his water baptism, he saw the heavens opened. Whoa. And the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice the father's voice from heaven saying, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Whoa, look at this. Open heavens, the anointing, the father, wow, says to Jesus that he is very, very pleased. Well, everything should be hunky-dory for Jesus from then on, right? He's, he's made it. He's got everything. He's got angelic ministry. He's got the Father. He's got the Holy Spirit. Whoa. And then I want you to read verse 12. Verse 12. And immediately the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild bees, and the angels then ministered unto him. Wow. I have a question for you. Why was, why was Jesus driven into the wilderness? He didn't miss the Father. He didn't miss the will of the Father. He didn't miss the move of the Holy Ghost. He had the fall. He had the angels following him. In fact, he was in the perfect will of God. He wasn't missing God. That was not the reason why he was driven into the wilderness. So when you find yourself in the wilderness, when you find yourself in the desert, don't make that conclusion that is because you have missed God. 
Jesus was in the perfect will of God. When it happens to you, it seems like nothing is working. It seems like you are defeated. It seems like you're hearing the devil all the time. Don't come to the conclusion that you've missed the Father's will. The word drives is the, is the Greek word igbalo. Igbalo. It means cast. That means Jesus was cast into the wilderness. So that means there's an urgency. There is an urgency. There is a force that sent him into the wilderness. So why? Why into the wilderness straight away after he's had an encounter moment with God? And not only for a short time, for 40 days, over a month, tempted and attacked. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. This is the answer. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus did not come to minister as a man. Sorry, sorry, I say it again. Jesus did not come to minister as a God. He came to minister as a man. If he had come to minister as a God, as the second person of the Godhead, there is no way that we could make it in life. Jesus had come to minister as a man, a model, an intercessor, a covenant man, so that we can do what he had done. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So that when you read the Bible, you can identify yourself with him. The same way that he had identified himself with you. He was not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That means he knows all your weaknesses. He knows all your pain. Why the word which? High priest. Why not who? This is referring to his office. The office of Jesus as an intercessor. In order that he can be an intercessor, he had to be identified with those that he's interceding for. He's not somebody up there with a condescending attitude praying for you. He's not somebody in the ivory tower just praying for you with a condescending attitude. No, he came down to your level and my level and he identified himself with you and with me so that he could stand at the right place interceding, releasing heaven's power on earth, releasing God's goodness into your life. Can we say amen? He was at all points tempted. So he knows temptation. He knows all the temptations that you and I have and still will go through. Yet without sin. So when you're sorely tempted, know that Jesus had won 
the temptation for you. So when you are sorely tempted to give up, know that Jesus had won for you. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to James chapter 1 verse 12. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. In the chapter of Mark chapter 1, five times the word wilderness was mentioned. In the first chapter of the book, in the first chapter of the gospel of Mark, five times the word wilderness was mentioned. Jesus was promoted in the wilderness. He had his encounter with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, anointed. And he was tempted in the wilderness. Tempted to be proven. Tempted to be proven. And then he had to stay in the wilderness because somebody did not obey him. But he had his victory even in the wilderness. People came to him from different areas, every corner to the wilderness where he was. Amen. Look at James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord had promised to them that love him. The word endure means to outlast. The word endure means you are still standing and believing when everything around you is moving. You outlast the devil. You beat up the devil. Time is working for you and not against you. Can we say amen? You have the power of patience. You have the power of patience. You have the power of resilience. Patience is a force. It's a spiritual force that comes from your spirit. The reason why you're in church is so that your spirit can be fed. It's just like your physical body that needs to be fed. Your spirit needs to be fed. It's very, very important that you receive the word. You receive the word of faith, the word of the Holy Ghost into your spirit. Your spirit then leads your soul. Your soul is made up of your will, your thoughts, and your emotions. A lot of people have problems in their souls. I've read books and books and books again. You know, a very famous um, person, a very famous writer. Um, uh, I think his name is Richmond Nee. He wrote volumes and volumes on the soul. But you can write books and books and books about the soul, but the key is your spirit. Amen. The soul must be trained, subdued by the spirit. A secular person, those that are in the world who don't know Jesus, who don't have the Holy Ghost, you know what they live by? They live by their will. Their willpower is strong. You look at every successful person, they have a strong will. And it's the will that commands the mind and commands the emotions. But guess what? The will can still collapse. That's why people have nervous breakdown. 
I can't handle this too much. It's too much for me. I can't handle it anymore. And the wheel collapses. Your power is in your spirit. Your spirit will give you the power that nothing else will give you. Amen. And Jesus is our example. He lives by example. He leads by example. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Blessed is the man that outlasts temptation. For when he is tried, every one of us will be tried. There is no such thing called a smooth sail in life. Every one of us will be dry. So when temptations come, when challenges come, when hard times come, when sickness come, don't just give up. Make up your mind to win. Make up your mind to outlast the devil. Make up your mind to beat him up. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. What do you have on you? The crown of life. The crown of life. Life always overcomes death. Life always overcomes death. Easter. What is Easter about? Easter is about the resurrection life. The resurrected life. The resurrected life. The resurrected life. The life that has beaten up the natural life. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. This life, this eternal life that Jesus has given you has already defeated the natural life. Outlast the natural life. Hallelujah. There's so much power in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Temptation is a spirit. The devil is called the tempter. He's always tempting Christians to quit. To give up, to relinquish, to leave your goal, your purpose, to leave your calling, your mission, to compromise, to go astray. Listen to this, to lose your specific faith. I'm not talking about general faith. Too many Christians, they have general faith. I believe, I believe, but no, they don't. I'm talking about specific faith. I'm talking about faith for health and healing. I'm talking about faith for God's provision. I'm talking about faith for God's strength in me. I'm talking about faith for God's leading and guidance. I'm talking about faith in every situation, in every circumstance. The faith that is specific. The faith that has a target. The faith that defeats the enemy. Specific faith. For every area of your life. Amen. Faith needs to be stronger than time. Faith needs to outlast the passage of time. Time is temporal. Temporary. But faith is eternal. If you're always looking at time, you're not operating in faith. Faith has no time. Let's talk about quality control. Would you like to purchase a product that fails quality control? No. 
Would you like to rely on someone who looks good, who blows his or her own trumpet and yet is unreliable? Yes or no? No. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 25 verse 19. Proverbs 25 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot that's out of joint. You can't eat with a broken tooth and you can't walk with a foot that's out of joint. That means when it's time that you need that to function, it won't work. When we talk about quality control, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus is totally trustworthy. He was tested. He was trialed. Proven victorious, reliable in every situation to every man. And he is totally accessible. He's never too high. He's never too busy. He's never too spiritual. He's never too condescending to help anyone. He's never too mysterious. He's never too out of reach to help anyone. Your requests are never too low for him, too insignificant for him. Like you've watched a video just now. He healed my dog. He healed my dog. And the other day, you know, I had to go to my dentist, Jennifer, because I, I needed to have my teeth fixed. But then we found out that the problem is just with one tooth. So I said to her, just remove it, take it out. I don't need it. And so she said, okay, she gave me her professional advice and said, yes, in the long term, it's, it's good to remove it. So I had that removed. And of course, it's with anesthetics. And so, and then she advised me, she said, you better, you know, make sure, take care that the bleeding will, will stop. It won't be too much for you. And uh, she gave me the, the patch, you know, for that part. And uh, at first, I texted my leaders because we have the, the leaders' prayer meeting. It's a Thursday night. And I said that I might just join, be joining you, but I would just be listening to you praying because, you know, I'm not sure if I could talk because my dentist advised me not to talk too much. But when I was in the prayer meeting, I mean, the Holy Ghost was all over me. And uh, I pulled out the cotton. The bleeding had already stopped. And I joined the prayer meeting. I prayed like in the past. And then after the prayer meeting, you know, I went to bed. And I think around 11 o'clock, 11.30, yes, all the anesthetics had gone. And suddenly I felt such a sharp pain in me, such pain in my jaw, in my gum. It was so painful. It was so painful. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to her advice and tried to get, you know, ice pack from my freezer and put it next to my face. And, uh, but it's still very, very painful. And then I heard the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me, if you could have faith for anesthetics to numb your pain, why don't you believe me to numb your pain right now? I said, oh, yes, that's a word of wisdom. Yes, I believe. I believe. And I lifted, I lifted up my hands to God. Yes, Lord, I believe. And as soon as I said that, I felt a spiritual numbness 
It's like a force that came all over my gum, came all over my jaw, and the pain was completely gone. Was completely gone. And then I fell asleep. And in the morning when I woke up, everything was back to normal. Everything was back to normal. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. I believe in miracles. I won't be here if I don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I live by miracles. For those of you who don't know how old I am, I've had my menopause. But I had my menopause early because I asked for it. Because <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm not going to have another child. I don't want this thing, you know. It's just too inconvenient. <laughs> I said, could you please take it away from me? And he did. He did. He took it away from me. I was free. Glory be to God. And I announced it and told everybody, I've had my menopause. I'm free. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is awesome. Amen. Okay, go back to wilderness. The wilderness, the deserts. I want to tell you that your wilderness and your deserts, they are your places and your time for promotion. Say with me, promotion. One more time, promotion. Amen. Listen to me. Abraham became the father of faith. Not in his house, in the wilderness when he offered Isaac. Isaac sold in the wilderness in a time of famine. And he received a hundredfold return. Jacob wrestled with God, not during times of prosperity, but times of wilderness. And God blessed him. Joseph was promoted to the court of Pharaoh in prison. Moses parted the Red Sea in the wilderness. Water came out of the rocks in the wilderness. Fresh manna fell from heaven in the wilderness. The shoes, the clothes, the health were kept spotless in the wilderness. Joshua parted the Jordan River in the wilderness. Daniel was promoted to become second to Pharaoh as a slave in Babylon. Esther became queen in Persia when she was in the wilderness as a slave. David was hunted by Saul in the wilderness, sped on by his haters when he was running from his son Absalom in the wilderness. When you're in the wilderness, when you're in a difficult place, in a difficult time, see it. With the eyes of Jesus. See it with the eyes of Jesus. Amen. David stayed faithful. And he was promoted. And he was restored. He's the one who penned Psalm 17 verse 3. Psalm 17 verse 3. This is David. He penned this. You have proven my heart. You have visited me 
in the night. You have tried me and shall find nothing. Why? I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. I will keep speaking your word. I will keep speaking your word. I will keep confessing your word. I will keep living by your word. I will keep thinking your word. I will keep living your word. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Amen. Amen. He said in Psalm 105 verse 19. Don't make the same mistake that Adam made. What's the mistake that he made? He blamed it on his wife. Nobody is responsible for your mistakes but yourself. That's how you can correct them. And don't try to keep correcting others' mistakes because you can't. Even God cannot. Your crown It's your free will. God has called us to intercede, not to push. And if we would faithfully stay in the place of intercession, things will change around you. Can we say amen? Psalm 105 verse 19, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. This is referring to Joseph. He had a vision from God. He was told that he would be a leader. He would be a very powerful person. But he ended up sold as a slave into Egypt. Sold into the house of Potiphar. Betrayed into prison. Until the word Fulfill until the vision came to its fulfillment. The word of the Lord tried him. So when you're in the wilderness, when you're in the desert, it's not because you've done wrong. It's not because you've missed God. The word that you have received from God, it could be the word of healing. It could be the word of prosperity. It could be the word of divine health. It could be the word of provision. It could be the word of guidance. That word will try you. We'll try you, whether you really believe or not. I remember I was in China preaching. You know, in China, you preach many days and many hours, you know. And uh, one day, uh, you know, I couldn't preach because my throat was hurting. You know, when I opened my mouth, there was no voice. No voice at all. I was in my hotel room, no voice. And I got really angry. You know, there's something about divine anger. Sometimes the devils won't leave you until you're angry with them. I was really angry. I said, I've come all this way not to waste my time. I've come all this way to preach, not to be silent. And you foul devil, take your hand off my throat. Take your hand off my vocal cord. Get, go in Jesus' name. And the voice came back to me. The voice came back to me and I preached like never before. If you study your gospels, I'm a very serious Christian. I'm a very serious Christian. 
If you study the gospel, study all the four gospels, you never, you could never find Jesus pray to the Father to heal the sick. Not even once. He never prayed, Father, if it's your will to heal, never. Never. What did he do with every sickness and disease? Cast out devils. Go. Leave. Rebuke. That's what you do with devils. Because our problem is not with God. God is not our problem. God is our honor, our pleasure, our joy, our peace. You don't have a problem from God. The problem is from the devil. You are already saved. Once you're born again, once you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you've come into the family of God. You have his covenant. You have Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You have his righteousness. But the devils won't give up on you. The devils will still chase after you to attack you. You know what he's after? He's not after you. You're no match for him. Why would he be after you? You know what he's after? He's after your faith. Because only your faith can hurt him. Only your faith can stop what he's doing. And that's why he's accusing you. He's tempting you. He's attacking you so that you give up on your faith. And without faith, you'll be a victim. You will not be able to win. Because only by faith, by faith in the finished work of Jesus, can you overcome and defeat the devil every time. Can we say amen? Go to Psalm 66, verse 10 with me. Amen. That's why know that, know that trials and temptations will come our way. But make up your mind to outlast them. For thou, O God, has proved us and has tried us as silver is tried. As silver is tried. You can decide, I can decide if time is working for or against me. I can decide to beat time, to outlast time. Then my time will not be wasted. All my sowings will not gone, will not be gone, and all my investments will not be lost. What am I talking about? You're investing your time in the word of God. You're sowing your faith, your faith into what you want to see come to pass. You're investing into your future. Future doesn't just come and appear like that. You have to make your future with Jesus. Say to the person next to you, make your future with Jesus. We need to understand that everything on this earth works by the law of gravity. 
It's the law of decay. I had a good lesson from my dentist, Jennifer, the other day when I visited her. She explained to me the natural process of aging. And wow, it's such a terrible process. No wonder God had me confess, rejuvenated all the time. Renew your youth like the eagles. Because everything in your body will deteriorate. Including all your bones, your gum, the functions of your intestines, your joints, your knees, your ligaments. And that's why so many people, they have to replace their knee. They have kneecap replacement and hip problems. The world tries to deceive you into thinking that I just go to the gym. I exercise. You did exercise, but now you can't. It's the strong spirit of a man. The strong spirit of a man that sustains him in bodily pain. Your spirit, your spirit will sustain your physical body strongly. Now we are living in such a scientific generation that everyone just rushed to the doctor, rushed to the hospital, rushed to this, rushed to that, and don't spend time waiting on God for healing. I remember I had a big problem after I had um, given birth. After I had given birth um, to Dylan, and uh, because I had cesarean with Trisha, uh, when I gave birth to Dylan, I wasn't a Christian then, and I had problem, and that gave me problem even when I had arrived uh, at Australia, and it was so painful. It was so painful. The hemorrhoid was so painful from childbirth, and it was huge. It was big, and I didn't know what to do about it. And uh, the doctor said, you just have to sit in the water, just sit in the water and sit in the water until it shrinks. I mean, how long? And I remember one day it got so painful. It got to the point that I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't stand it anymore. So I rang the doctor and asked for an emergency appointment. And I was dialing, you know, I was ringing. And as soon as I did that, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. The voice of the Holy Spirit rose up from within me and said to me, have you forgotten me? I said, no, no, I'm sorry. It's true that I haven't prayed. I haven't called upon you. So right away I hung up and I said, I believe in healing. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. You're not allowed to attack this part of my body. You're not allowed allowed to attack my bowels. Go in the name of Jesus. And I command that part of my bowel to shrink, to shrink, to shrink, to go back, to go back in, to shrink, to go back in, in the name of Jesus. And I was healed. And that had been how many years? More than 20 years ago. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Healing comes to those that would believe it. Healing comes to those that would fight for it. It's a fight. It's a fight. You are in a spiritual battle. You better be strong. That's why the word of God says you must hear the word, hear the word, digest it, assimilate it, and live it out. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Our faith is in the invisible, in the unseen, in the truth, not the seen, the visible, and the natural. If you are natural-minded, you can't be in faith. 
if you're always reasoning in the natural, you can't be in the faith. Look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. That the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So when you're going through a time, stand strong. When you're going through a time, stand strong. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. I remember when Sunny and I, when we went to Japan, I was attacked and I had problem with my bowel movement and I couldn't control it. I, could, I was so embarrassing. I couldn't control it. And I said to Sunny, I, I, need, I need to go to a restaurant right now. I need to go to a restaurant right now. I couldn't control my bowel movement. It was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, it's not that I can go to a doctor. It's not something that I can wait. No, I needed God's miracle right then. Right now and then. And he's faithful. He is faithful. I'm not preaching you something that I've not lived myself. I'm not preaching you a theory. I'm not preaching you a theology. I'm not preaching you an ideal. I'm preaching to you the practical daily living word of God. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. I'm so excited. Amen. Hallelujah. So let your wilderness and your deserts be your breakthrough time. In general, when people go through hard times, they feel that they are lost. They get into depression or they're angry at God or they're frustrated or disappointed. Uh, They can vent or they can go to the bar, to the club, you know, and just, you know, um, what's the right word? You know, just uh, numb themselves and some cry and some get into depression, some take tablets But it's not the same for us because we are the children of God. We are the sins of God. Don't find it strange when you're in the desert or in the wilderness because that's your first point of defeat if you do that. The minute you're upset when you find yourself in a desert, in the wilderness, that's when the enemy can defeat you. He will continue to push it down your throat. Yes, you are defeated. You're no good. Your faith is not working. You're such a failure. You've wasted all your time. It's not working for you. It's not working for your family. Not working for your children. Not working for your body. Not working for your church. Not working for your business. He will continue to chuck it down your throat because you have accepted defeat. Don't accept it. Can we say amen? One more time. Don't accept it. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. During times of difficulties, times of trials and temptations, that's the time when we draw closer to God like never before. Hold on to him like never before. I could not leave that restaurant in Japan. In Tokyo. Why? Because I was diarr... What's the... What's the is there a, a verb? I was having diarrhea. Sonny was waiting for me. I said, Lord, you need to heal me right now. 
Amen. And he did. Praise God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to be more dependent on God, closer to God, stronger and bolder like never before. More determined to get the breakthrough, to get the victory. I was never courageous. I always, in the past, I always saw myself as a failure. I was plagued by inferiority. I grew up in the slums. My mother worked in a restaurant. I grew up poor and ugly. I saw myself like an ugly duckling. (laughs) I grew up with heaps of inferiority. Heaps. Lots. Until the Lord delivered me. And now I am inferior no more. Why? Because Jesus is in me. Isn't he in you? Isn't he in you? Isn't he in you? Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us finish with this. Go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 verse 18. Expect this in your wilderness. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and dry land springs of water. Go to Isaiah 51 verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Don't think that reading the Bible is too hard for you. I'm talking to the youth. Guess what? Even when you're reading the Bible, even when you're reading it, the Spirit of God comes into you. I don't always like study and study and study. There are times I would just read. And as you read it, the Spirit comes. As you read it, the Spirit comes. As you read it, the Spirit comes into you. The Holy Spirit deposits power within you. Amen. Hallelujah. Why is God so good to me? He is love. Number two, it's not about you. It's bigger than you. It's about the people around you. It's about the people that you can influence. It's about the people who come to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Your life is never just you. Isn't it right? Your life is never just you. You're not by yourself. You're always with people. You're always with people. The anointing can work through you. The anointing can rub on others through you. The joy can rub on others through you. This is my last point. This is very, very important. How many of you believe that this chair that sits here right now will become old in 10 years' time? Do you believe that? Would it get old? Would it get old? Absolutely. We are in a process that everything is changing. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. You may see a river now. When it has no rain, the river becomes dry. You may see a desert now. 
But when it starts raining abundantly, the desert becomes an oasis. Everything is changing. And that's why we should not live by sight, but live by faith. A pessimistic person looks at something and look at the bad changes that are happening. All this is going to become bad. Your body is going to age and will not be able to serve you anymore. Your eyes are going to grow dim and not be able to see anymore. The economy is going to be bad and we won't have enough money anymore. The jobs are going to be less and less because of the use of robots and technology. But God is not like that. God is not like that. God is saying, with you and me working together, you and me working together, your life is going to be better and better and better and better. And the best is still to come. Can we say amen? Amen. You will become stronger. You'll become more and more mature. You'll become more and more loving. You'll become wiser. Amen. Glory be to God. Every good and perfect gift will come to you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. That's the will of God for your life. Everything in this life is temporary and subject to change. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 44, verse 3. I know that we have parents here, parents that are very concerned about our children. Don't try to push them, don't try to drive them, but you do have to pray for them and you do have to love them. Amen. And you do have to spend time with them. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed your children i will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon your offspring god will pour his spirit upon our children can we say amen hallelujah glory be to god god will pour his spirit upon our children the spirit that enlightens them the spirit that makes them wise and not stupid glory be to god the spirit of protection, the spirit of guidance, the spirit of healing. And you better be the water host. You be the thirsty one. And you keep drinking the living water. And you'll be like the host that hosts your children when you pray for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Can I ask you to give us 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15? 1 John 5, 14 to 15. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. This is a very important scripture that all of us must have. Have you, how many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? You know that he had raised more than 30 people from the dead. This is one of his servants. Don't just think that I just preach and preach my own sermons. I read, study a lot of other sermons because whatever God's telling me has to come into agreement with everybody, everyone who is preaching powerfully. Amen. So 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him, referring to Jesus. That if we ask anything according to his will, 
He hears us. And if he hears us, verse 15, and if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know. Say with me, we know. One more time, we know. One more time, we know. Come on, say it like you mean it. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Desire has to be a strong word. I desire healing, health. I desire divine guidance. I don't want to plan my life. I don't want to plan my trip. I want guidance. Desire. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. Everyone stand up with me, please. Can we start distributing communion? Thank you, Father God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our fire needs to be hot. Be red hot for Jesus. Be red hot for Jesus. You don't want to go around that mountain 40 years. You don't want to spend 40 years in the wilderness. You know, one thing that is very, very powerful, and you can see that word repeated in the book of Psalms, guess what that word is? Surah. Surah means reflect. Reflection is very, very good for every one of us. Now, this is my suggestion for you or my um, advice for you. Every night before you go to bed, make it a habit to reflect. Have I done well today? Is there anything that I've missed? Anything that I need to change? Reflect. That's how you change. That's how you hear the Holy Spirit. That's how you won't recycle your problems. That's how we grow. That's how we put off the old man and put on the new man. Reflect, reflect, reflect. So you're growing day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. How many of you say that you don't want to repeat the same mistakes? Come on, that you, you are serious. That you don't want to repeat your mistakes. You are serious about it. You don't want to, to repeat your mistakes. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your money. This is the way to do it. Amen? Change. Change. Listen. Reflect. Listen and change. You are the most important person in your life. Get rid of stubbornness. The Bible says that stubbornness is like witchcraft. What is stubbornness? Stubbornness is, why do you talk to me? I don't want to change. I'm like this. I've been like this all my life. Well, you guess what? God will leave you alone. Do you want God to leave you alone? No. Change my heart. Oh, God. Right? You want God to change you. Now let's spend some time in the presence of God and let's reflect.